I'd like to welcome you to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Miller. Here we'll be discussing pleasure hunts, competition hunts, and anything else related to the use of hunting dogs. It's our sole purpose to bring awareness to the sport of hunting with dogs. And now it's time to let's talk some dogs. Today's scripture comes from Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Hey folks, today uh, I am Miles Miller. I'm the new host for the Hunt Dog Public Podcast. Today we've got uh, Mr. Kent Johnson from South Mississippi. We're going to talk a little bit of dogs. Uh, Mr. Kent, how are you? I'm good. How are y'all? Oh, we're doing all right. Just trying to beat the heat right now. Man, it is getting hot. Yep. Uh, we're going to just talk a little bit of dogs tonight, and uh, we'll uh, we'll start off. Just kind of tell us, you know, who you are and where you're from and uh, how, how everything started. Well, I'm 46 years old. Uh, been married 15 years. I got one kid. It's a boy. He's 13 years old. Like you said, I'm from Crystal Springs. It's about probably 30 minutes south of Jackson. That's about it. Yeah, I live here on Family Place. Been living here about, I guess, around 35 years. Got into squirrel dogs, I guess, with Doc about almost seven years ago. He'll turn seven in July. Wasn't even looking for a squirrel dog when I got him. I actually had a dog, that Mountain Cur Mix. He was just a pet. She wasn't any kind of a squirrel dog at all. But she was just such a good-natured dog that I liked it. So I said I wanted to try to find another one. A good friend, Brad Goodman, he was into squirrel dogs at the time. had a few. So I just gave him a phone call. I hadn't talked to him in a while. and just asked him, really was asking him, did he have one that, or if he knew anybody that had one. Told me, he's like, man, I got a puppy out here in the pen I'm not even fooling with. About 12 weeks old, if you want it, you can have it. I was like, probably, probably interested. So I rode out to his house, I believe, the very next day. It was Doc. He had already actually named the doc. I didn't even name him. Twelve weeks old at the time, Brad had, and I remember Mad Max. Well, Mad Max was about six months older than Doc, and he was really turning it on. And I think that was that he wasn't fooling with Doc at the time, just pouring all his time into Max, getting started. He said he hated to see the puppy sit in the pen, so he had Doc actually came from Georgia, rising fawn. Never heard of before then, but so he'd had him about four weeks, and I don't think he messed with him at all. And so I brought him home, and like I said, where I live, I live on the family. Our farm here, we got a couple hundred acres, all the property around us, you know, other farms, you know, blocks with some fields. I'd never owned a dog pen in my life. You know, every dog we ever had was just a yard dog laid around. All we, you know, expected out of a dog was to bark and make him up the driveway, and that was really it, just be a pet. I mean, that's all Doc was Brought him home, turned him loose, and just let him do whatever he wanted to do. Like I say, he was about three months old. And about a month and a half later, uh, I was at work one day, and really, I mean, nothing at any point had even crossed my mind about even training him to be a squirrel dog. And it really, I was at work one day, called me at work, which he generally wouldn't do, and he's like, Hey, man, your dog's over here in the woods, tree. He's like, what? He said, yeah, dog's tree. That didn't make a bit of sense. I was like, are you sure? He's like, well, I'm positive because I just shot the squirrel out. I was like, you know, I was tickled to death, but, you know, completely caught off guard. And he said he'd went out in the yard and the dog was out there in the woods barking between our houses, a couple hundred yards from just out in the woods. He said he walked down there and looked up in the tree. The squirrel was up in the tree. He walked back to the house, got it and walked back down. He said he never took his feet off until he shot the squirrel out. And that's how he made himself a squirrel dog, I reckon. You know, really was nothing I did to make him be a squirrel dog. It was just any. It really couldn't have been more natural from there on out. It was really nothing. I can't take credit for what he became other than just putting the 
Right. Well, that's, you know, it's, that sounds like that's about as natural of a starting dog as you could get. Yeah. I mean, and like I say, you could not know less than I did about what a squirrel dog was or what it took to make a squirrel dog or anything else. I, I just, you know, I knew nothing. I was so interested because of how excited I was, how he, how he was that, uh, you know, and I didn't witness that squirrel. And I think it was either, I think it was that same day. Cause I remember that was like the first week when he was four and a half months old. I think I went to go feel some deer feed and I just took him with me. And if I wanted to take him with me, well, I had stopped, you know, putting some corn in the feeder and just put him out and he just tipped off out of sight. And by the time I got through pouring a couple sacks of feed in the feeder, he done treat again, like that afternoon. Well, I got to witness that when I went down and videoed it and I still got it. And he squealed like a pig when he, he had just squeaky little puppy. I mean, he would toes on the tree at four and a half months old. You didn't have to go coach him or nothing. That's what he wanted to do. And that was the first one I witnessed. And I believe probably over the next few uh, over the next few weeks, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. That was on a Wednesday, I remember, because I've played it back in my mind so many times. That was on a Wednesday. Well, that weekend, and this day you how little I knew about what to expect out of a dog. This dog's four and a half months old. That weekend, I told my dad, I said, we got to go squirrel hunt. Go try to shoot some squirrels out. You know, I mean, I just thought, all right, well, he's a squirrel dog. Now he's like a squirrel. And we actually did take him that Saturday me, my dad, and my grandfather, um, who at the time, I think he was about 84 years old, we just went behind the house for about an hour, and I think he treed. He probably treed for seven times, and we shot either three or four squirrels. I don't remember out to him at four and a half months old. I mean, if he went in the woods, he was treed. And again, remember, I, I didn't even own a dog team. And, you know, of course, the only person I knew that was involved in squirrel dogs was Brad. And so I just had to bother him to death about what I do with this and what I do about that. And he told me one of the first things I had to do was get a pen. If you just let the dog just constantly go to the woods and tree and you're not there to go to it, he's going to get to where it stays. So I had to go out and buy a dog pen to put up a dog because if he was out, he would go to the, in the woods. That's all he wanted to do. Right. At that age, I mean, he just, if he got bored and didn't have something to do laying around the yard, he was gone. But in the meantime, it was probably a couple of weeks past before I actually got around to get the pen. And every day I'd come home and my dad would be like, well, I was outside today and I heard Doc tree back there. I went over there and I shot the squirrel out for him. He probably, including that Saturday, because that Saturday all I did was focused on fooling with Doc and looking for squirrels and pulling vines. I think my dad probably shot 10 or 12 squirrels to him before I ever shot because he was home every day. I'm sure that did it too, you know, kind of keeping him going and everything. So but before Doc, have, have you ever had any experience with hunting dogs of anything? Zero. 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 So no Zero. deer dogs, no duck dogs, well, nothing. When I was growing up, I belonged to a deer camp that ran deer dogs, and I hunted them, but I never owned them. And no, I never handled a dog, you know, a hunting dog. I always had dogs. I always loved having dogs. Right. And uh, But never a hunting dog. Zero. Like I said, I've never had a dog. I've never owned a dog pen in my life before I got docked. Yard dogs. Yard dogs. all they ever yep. were. So I had zero experience. So, yeah, I mean, I was picking everybody's brain about I, I got to where I use this for, I said, he's got it. I mean, it's obvious he's got what it takes to make a nice dog. I was like, tell me what to do not to know. That's what I would say. Yeah. To not, you know, allow bad habits and things like that. And that was probably the best advice I got. Um, another thing that he was good about that was actually a headache to me that I you know, learned on the first time I took him hunting that Saturday was if he treed and you couldn't find a squirrel up there. And you would try to, it's hard to handle him. He didn't want you to catch him at the tree. If you let him off, he'd want to go back to it. He wanted to stay that bad. If you killed the squirrel, he was satisfied. He'd go on. 
But if you couldn't kill the squirrel at that tree, you had fits. Well, at the time, I thought that was a headache. I didn't realize what a blessing that was. That's how green I was. I didn't realize a dog that wants to stay put, how great a thing that is, especially if you get into competition. Correct. If you got a dog that won't stay, burning gas to go to a hunt. Well, and that was natural for him. I didn't have to ever encourage that or correct that. Right. And that's one of the things with the squirrel dogs. I mean, that's as you know, in these competition hunts, that's the easiest way to lose points. For sure. You leave a tree, I mean, you're just guaranteed to lose points. So right. that's yeah. the name and of I've the game. dogs that will blow in there and get treed quick and have a squirrel. And the very next tree, you'll be treeing just the same and just leave. And you don't even know why, especially if it takes a little extra time. If you don't, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine even worrying about hauling a dog that will stay at a tree. But you'd have the best dog there. It takes three minuses. He's have outside. That's it. Yeah. But one thing that the listeners need to know is, you know, anybody can get into this sport in any sport as far as the dogs go. I mean, right. you're a prime example. You, you had no knowledge, but there's enough people um, in most of the sports, dog sports, uh, especially the squirrel dogs, that people want to help. I mean, oh, for sure. You know, Everybody was great. Like anybody, you know, as I. The longer I had him, the more people like uh, first thing I did is I started getting on some of the Facebook page, you know, all the different Facebook pages for squirrel dogs and got to know a few people and a few, you know, I'd post the videos of what he would, you know, comment and maybe I would message him or something. Everyone was always eager to give advice and help out. Like that everybody was always good at that. You know, of course with any time you get advice you're gonna get good and bad, but if ten people tell you the same thing about a particular way to do something, it's probably a good idea. But I can't really say that anybody ever gave me any bad advice. What works for some dogs don't work for others. Everybody will figure that out, too. You know? Right. I don't know that I would have. I'm not a real patient person. Had I not been blessed with a dog the way he was, I don't know that I would have gotten as excited. It was just so easy. You need I've always said he was the smartest dog. I've always had dogs. You know, I always, you know, made my dogs obey and stuff like that. But I've never had a dog that seemed as intelligent as he was. You could teach him anything. You decided, all right, today we're going to teach him to lead. Or today we're going to teach him to load up. You only had to tell him or show him a few times, and it was like just had it. It was almost like he could understand what you're saying. He was just always smart. smart and it just made everything easy. Never a headache. Right. And I don't know that I would have stayed as interested had he not been as easy was. Yeah, the way it sounds, you were definitely blessed with your first For dog. Sure. Uh, For but sure. most people go through a bunch before they find, right. you know, that that one special dog, and uh, you, you were lucky enough to get it on the first try. What one thing I, I don't personally know how is uh, how is he bred? What what's his well, bloodline? His his uh, his daddy is a southern southern tree chopper who was at a big man drifter um which is out of tree knocking mike so i guess he's like a he's tree knocking mike twice on top and once on bottom i believe that is but a lot of bud and liz kind of how that goes back he's bud and liz four times if i'm not mistaken tree knocking mike three times and i think it's Briar mountain dude the other time he just about goes back bud and liz back to grandparents and great grand gotcha well for people that don't know the bud and liz line is a very famous squirrel dog line and, right. and they produced a lot of really really nice dogs um so i, I could see yeah. you know he's got very good blood behind him right um, he just made him a natural tree dog the other thing of course too with me never having food i'd never owned a dog every dog i I'd never bought it i didn't buy a dog but i'd never owned a dog it's just every time i had a dog it was somebody that a dog that got pregnant on accident just giving puppies away and that's all i was looking yard dog yeah i'd never let not only did i get a 
really nice dog, but I had a dog that was registered. I'd never had a dog with papers. And so when I get a set of these papers, even though they were puppy papers, I could see back in generations. And I'm seeing names, they meant nothing at the time. But when I got on the Facebook pages, of course, I started hearing the names over and over. And there's certain bloodlines that anybody involved, you generally know, all right, yeah, you hear of good dogs coming out of those. That's kind of the case with him as well. So you get him started. We're at four and a half months old. What, that's that's kind of during the beginning of squirrel season? Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, he started treeing December 6th. He was almost four and a half months old to the day. Right. He was born late July. And so, you know, you're kind of getting into the prime of squirrel season at the time. Leaves, few leaves starting to get off and everything. So it was actually the prime part of squirrel. So, so how do you, where's your transition go from here? You started hunting him a little bit that year and then you just kind of... What well what made you get the leap into the, the competition world? Well, you know, like I say, I was friends with Brad Goodman and even I mean, well into this entire season I he you know, I knew he competition, but I still at that time I had I, I I grew up squirrel hunting around here, but we didn't do it with a dog. We might have one of our yard dogs, but they were not treeing squirrels. Occasionally one might show a tree some attention, but we never had a squirrel dog that would stand on a tree or bark or do anything like that. But uh, we pulled vines and steel hunted a little bit. So I grew up squirrel hunting, but not with a dog. But the dog made it fun to me. So I really was excited about having a squirrel dog. But again, like I say, from, I guess, if four and a half, he was still only around six months old at the end of that squirrel season. We killed a good many squirrels with him in that first year. Um, occasionally, even after I pinned him up, uh, my dad would come over and get him out and do some squirrels with him. I didn't even own a garment or I mean, that's how... You know, I was not involved in this like a comp hunter or thing like that. It was just open the pen, go to the woods. And of course, as he got older, he got to a little further out and stuff like that. But never worried about losing him. He's always been big. He was young. He was squealy mouth. He was loud. And he wasn't going so far as a little puppy that really ever thought you were going to lose him. So it wasn't until I decided that I was going to start taking him other places besides around the house that I said, all right, well, I need to get a garment and all that. But that first year, yeah, we just killed some squirrels with him around the house. And I enjoyed it so much just because he had fun that I still was taking him, even though he was not, comp hunting was not on my mind, I still would take him and just let him tree and stuff and put him back up, even through the summer, if you had a, either early morning or maybe after rain or too hot. But I, I'm trying to think what actually made me get my initial interest in going to a comp hunt. Before I ever hauled him, I went to a hunt I rode with Brad to a hunt in Batesville, and I said, I just want to go to this about Well, Doc, it probably, this might have, I don't remember if this was a spring hunt, because it was hot and dry, so I don't know if it was a spring hunt or a fall hunt, but Doc was still well under a year old. You know, he was either eight months old or ten months old, I could, and I went up there and went hunting with Brad and a couple other guys on a cast just to watch and see how a comp hunt worked, and at the end of the hunt, I told Brad, I said, I'm not. I'm not trying to brag on my dog because really, Brad, I don't even think Brad had seen him go at the time. I said, but my dog can do these dogs. I mean, he's only like eight or 10 months old. And I just, I guess I thought when he would talk about a comp hunt, I'm thinking these dogs, super dogs, or maybe they're doing something that I can't imagine, you know, my dog. But when I got there and they're just like, you turn them loose, they take off through the woods, they get treed, they stay there. Well, my dog can stay in there. So I'm like, I could probably do this. And if it was a fall hunt, and it may have been, it would have only been, it wouldn't have been much longer. And they had that autism hunt up in Batesville. 
trying to think. I guess that 2007. I'm going to say it might have been 2017. And Doc would have been, well, I actually, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But that was the first comp hunt I took. But I think what made me decide or get talked into actually going to that hunt, maybe a month prior to that hunt, Brad had invited me to go up hunting in the Delta. I'd never been squirrel hunting off like that in the Delta when to bring Doc. Well, he had his dogs. He had Jagger and Bull and Max. Well, that morning we hunted two dogs right off the bat. I think we turned loose Doc and Bull right at daylight. And they, you know, they were kit for cat, shooting squirrels. And he saw what Doc was capable of at that time. And he was probably around 11 or 12 months old. I can't. Right, he had to be maybe 13. And uh, he, you know, he was like, can't think that dog. Special act. He was, he was special enough for what Brad was seeing. And Brad knew what he was looking at. He'd been to conference. I, I just, I'd been around Brad's dog. I'd been around Doc. I'd never been around a dog that didn't know what he was doing. So they just all looked like they were, I just assumed they were all like that. So on the way home from hunting up in the Delta, he called several, just telling them about how this dog was doing. I'm like, well, he'd really be seeing something in this dog that I just took for granted. I definitely took for granted because I didn't realize they weren't all that away. And so I was like, all right. Well, I guess over the next few weeks, Brad kind of talked me into it. I need to bring him to the hunt. And it was, I know the first time I went to, and I can't even remember, most people probably would remember what month they used to hold, host autism hunt, maybe October or something like that. But it was hot and dry, and it was a single round morning hunt. And uh, I did not win my cast, but Doc, like I say, was only around 13 months old. And I think I finished the cast with 400 or 500 circle, which I was real disappointed that we didn't see a squirrel or whatever. I, I didn't win the cast because the dog that won had one. And, uh, when I, but when I got back, everybody was telling me how good that actually was. You got a dog, never been to a comp hunt, never hunted with strange dog, strange people. He made all first trees, never left a trick of mine. And I, I didn't realize I was disappointed because I hadn't seen a squirrel. Right. But you know, they were telling me, no, that's going to happen. We were hunting public land. Conditions were pretty bad, like I said, hot and dry. So, But I enjoyed it enough. I said, well, you know, I'll probably try to do Stephen Brevham ended up holding, I believe it was the UMCA state hunt down there, close to him, even further south Mississippi, and I called him to that hunt. Now, I didn't win my cast there either, but I drew Terry Snyder and Gary Mitchell. Anybody involved in this knows them are two guys that have been at it a while. So you got two great handlers, and that ain't hauling no junk. And I actually... Gary was handling Grace at the time, who had just previously won the world hunt with her. And so everybody's like, you got your work cut out for. And I did. Uh, Terry ended up withdrawing from that cast. Doc and Grace were actually tit for tat all the way up to her. I think they had a squirrel apiece, and they both, and I think Doc had her on circle trees. And right there toward the end of the hunt, again, he's only about 13 months old. I could tell he started getting tired, and uh, he started pecking around on a cold tree. And uh, I didn't want to call him on it, and Gary's like, but he ain't leaving it. He might put stationary on you. At that time, UMCA still had a stationary. If you don't, you know, call him. He ain't going to stay, but I went ahead, and I was frustrated. I called him. Sure enough, about 20 seconds uh, two, he walked off from the tree, and he didn't leave it. He just walked outside of steps and then ran right back to it and treed back in, but in the steps got me. So I didn't win that cast, but it was close and I wasn't getting discouraged because I, I said, well, you know, I'm learning. And then I think the following month or maybe just a week or two later was 2017 CA junior world hunt that Brad hosted in the Delta. And that's where Doc won reserve. And that was the first time I ever even won a cast. You know, I won my first cast that morning. I drew Terry Snyder again and I'm drawing a blank now. I know the dog's name was Termite from the guy's name now, but anyway, um, 
but I won my cast on circle that morning. Second round, we went back to the same spot, but across the road, 60 uh, cast, he went three for three. He made three trees and had three squirrels. And that afternoon, I drew Bo Dooley and uh, Daisy. I mean, everybody knows about them too. They went on to do a whole lot. And Doc, uh, that afternoon in the finals, it was just a two-dog final cast, Doc and Daisy. Doc made, he made five trees and had three squirrels. And Daisy made five trees and had five squirrels reserved. But wasn't a bit disappointed. No, you, you can't be disappointed with a, when <laughs> you go out. I'd ever gone to and made it to the finals of you know, a world hunt. Right. You give me three squirrels and I'll sit at the truck and let y'all hunt for an hour and a half anywhere in the country. <laughs> and, yeah. and you're going to win yeah. most of your cast, you know. For sure. Um, yeah. So, so let's just backtrack a little bit. So at this point, yeah. he's, he's a year and a half old roughly right he's been in a handful uh, well, he, at this i think he was 14 months old i'd have to do the math i know it wasn't quite his birthday date of that month but uh so he would have been he'd have been 15 months old when he was About 15 world. months old. and this is the first time that he's actually hunted against dogs his age right the hunts right. prior yeah. he, he had hunted against old, you know older dogs, dogs right correct, right dogs been hauled up and down the road and had right. done their share of winning right and yeah yeah and the handlers too right so at this point, you got to feel pretty good about what you sure. got. You know, you kind of been in every hunt. Uh, the breaks didn't go your way, but you, you've seen so far that you can compete, right? Right. What I learned right off the bat, and I used to, I, you know, I joked about it because it, it didn't bother me. I had enough dog to win. I was holding my dog back because I was still a rookie. You know, I mean, as far as all the little skills, I mean, I would hear people talk about strategy, your different scenarios and the rules. Now I would learn the rules. I had the rules against me so much that, I mean, for that, probably my first two, every, even though I called myself knowing them on the way to the hunt in whatever association I was hunting in, I would read the rule the day before, the night before, the morning of or something just to make sure. Cause I can tell anybody getting if you don't know the rules, they'll get used against you. You know what I mean? Correct. You have to know the rules. Um, like I say, I was I was the holdback probably in Doc's early days. He knew how to go. I just had not. There's there's no real, I guess, replacement for experience in it. Because until you've been in all these different scenarios to know how to you know manage the clock. If you're in the lead, you know how to earn clock behind you know how to not waste clock and, and just how to do every little strategy about the there's a thousand scenarios you can be in a cast just how to handle them and not make foolish decisions that'll end up costing right when and your dogs when your dog's doing his job correct the biggest thing though is it's not that everybody else is trying to cheat you they're no, trying to no, win also not, you know right yeah I, I didn't say cheating i'm just saying they will they know the rules and if they know they can do this, but you don't know, and you'll be making a mistake, and they have no obligation to tell you, hey, man, you're, you know, you should do this. Right. Uh, you know, they just let you mess up. <laughs> I've I, had a few that didn't, and I've had a few, and I tried to learn from that because I remember, I mean, like a lot of people, even after a few years of me having success, a new person would show up, and they would treat me as if I was one of the guys that had been doing it. I'm like, I'm still learning. And I would try to help people to the point where I would have people pull me to the side after the fact and be like, look, you're not, you know, you're going to end up costing for cash, but you know, you can tell them this after the hunt, tell them what they should on after the hunt. Don't tell them what to do during the hunt and you end up losing to them, you know, but I just, that's kind of how I was. Cause I remembered how it was the situation of not really knowing how to handle a certain scenario. Right. And, and so, uh, I grew up starting off coon hunting and that was one of the things that we learned, you know, we'd go to these hunts and, and somebody would use the rules to their advantage 
perfectly legal, and I would get beat. And at the end of the cast, I'd say, you just earned yourself a $25 lesson. Yeah, And that's what it was. And that's what it was. I paid an entry fee, and I learned my lesson. And most of those lessons stuck with me and still stick with me. I remember some 15 years ago that I tell myself, you won't catch me doing that again. It cost me from being in the finals of a hunt, or it cost me this. So... I'm the exact same way. I mean, I, I every time that I did something, and after the fact, I was either told or I just figured out, you know, how I should have done it different. I've never forgotten that, you know. And I would try to pass that along to people. Um, especially, like, if there's a new guy to hunt and I don't draw him, I'll try to say, watch for this. Or if somebody messaging, because I am, some people realize that I hadn't been this long. And it was funny, actually, how quick, I started having people message me and ask me for advice. And I'd try to tell them, I'm like, well, I can tell you what I know. But, man, I hadn't been this long. Either. You know, I'm still, not now, so a few years ago, I would still, I'm still the new guy. You know, I'm still learning. Every time you go, you could possibly learn or see a scenario about how you should handle it. Well, it, it's, a whole, it's a whole lot easier for me to make a decision sitting in my chair in my living room watching TV after the hunt when you call me opposed right. to you. Being in the middle of a cast, dogs are treed everywhere, and time's right, running. For sure. You know, the pressure's on, especially if you're down or just whatever. And, and I've, I've had it get to me even after I, I knew a little. You know, I've, I've had it uh, just, like you say, you got three dogs, a lot of squirrels moving, and the dogs are just slamming quick, and you're having to make decisions quick. Or, you know, the situation like where you cut dogs, and they're just bumping shoulders for the first 100 yards, and they don't even make it that far before they get treed and, and you're like trying to decide how quick to you know, call your dog so you don't take second tree and nobody's back and it's just a situation where they both hit the squirrel together and sometimes you're too quick and you kind of have to learn how to do that is it better to take second triggers and you know take a first minus that's right because it's it's always hard coming out the hole the first five sure. minutes in a hunt you know it's For never sure. a good feeling you know so let's let's shift gears a little bit so you okay. you come reserve world at the junior umsa hunt with doc right what going into the next season what are you thinking what are you what, what's your plan you're gonna push him or well yeah i mean that of course that fired me up fired um, you up. well that was actually in november on um, the umca that year brad actually hosted okay it was a totally separate it was totally separate from the senior world, and they had not had a, a junior world in a few years brad decided to host it and he did it just in november and so that was early in, and uh like I said, I believe that was, yeah, that was 2017. I was really fired up. And like, well, that would have been the, yeah, the 17, 18 squirrel seat. I was fired up and, you know, I'm thinking, all right, yeah, I'm definitely going to comp hunt. I had that success with the junior dogs, but going into the 18, 19 season, I, uh, I, I still, I didn't go to a lot of hunts. I don't know if some people realize, you do have some people that are at hunts, literally Clifton, a couple of weeks ago, Clifton's two hunts in a year, he'll be at the two. That's right. I work a lot of weekends. I work a lot of overtime, and I've got you know, wife and sons and every football band archer that does it. And I don't miss anything he does. And so it was tough to me to get away. I mean, over the probably that first year, I probably did those three or four hunts. The next year, I might have done four or five hunts. Um, he got a little better. You know, I started probably trying to make it to a few more. I wasn't traveling very far. I would go to whatever hunts they had, and that was UDA and OMCA. Um, and then the little 
club over here, the closest club to Mini Squirrel Hunter was Montrose, and they're about an hour and a half, and they host NK. At that time, they just host, they do NSC as well, but I don't think it back then. I went to work. And so I went to a couple of those, um, but I didn't have much. I don't remember. I might have won some cast, but I don't think I placed very high until 19, 2019. I'm trying to remember exactly what all. I don't have a list of little hunt stuff like that, but that was the that. I got one reserve world hunt as a senior dog. Ended up making it. Every hunt I ever went to, I rode with Brad. Whatever hunt Brad went to, he went to more than I. He'd call me, hey, go hunt this way. If I could, I'd hop in the truck, throw Doc in the dog box. And, I, and for those first few years like that, probably from 17 to 19, we probably had gone to 10 hunts together, I would say, something like that. And some of these hunts don't have a terrible lot of dogs. Never drew it. Not once did I ever draw Brad in a hunt. At the 2019 World Hunt, UMCA World Hunt, first round, we didn't draw each other. Second round, didn't draw each other. And that year, there was 30, 31 dogs, I believe. So it was four rounds. First three rounds, we never drew each other. That, that hunt was in Batesville? That hunt was in Batesville. Yep. That was before. I think it's been in Hazen every year, but that was in Batesville. And we never drew each other all day long. But we both eliminated all the way down to where we ended up in the finals. And it was just a one hour. We ended up, we had hunted three hours, I mean, three separate casts Saturday. Didn't have enough daylight to make another hour cast because I really wanted to. So I could go home, but uh, we decided to get up first thing Sunday, push the hunt out of the spot. Squirrels were moving like crazy. I don't know how many squirrels we but that was probably the first time that the dogs were getting cheated so quick. Sometimes they were on the same trip that you were having to make calls fast. I ended up, I remember if I one minus i know i took a minus but and then inevitably it cost me i mean doc did his job he did his part and i messed just too much pressure i mean it really was i guess you know it's just right. lack of experience on my part you know I, on my way home brad called me and he's like and he's like man don't i don't know if he thought i was upset i'm tickled i mean i don't even though it was not first just still i don't want another reserve world title and uh, i wasn't upset at all but i knew that i had caused doc really he did his part and i probably really messed it up and that probably happened a lot <laughs> you know in the first few what what dog was brad hunting that he beat you with that day that was max max, that was max when he won the world hunt mad max um it, the reason i ask is because i we were at that hunt i ended up i, I remember now. i judge max on the right. i don't remember if it was the second or third round on saturday i think the third round he drew grace so it was yeah, a he, second round um, he drew, uh, uh, what's the he, man from Alabama? Um, Clifton? no, that was another man. Uh, Tommy Howard. Yeah. I can't remember uh, if he's from, I know, I know him, but I'm not yeah. sure if he's from, I believe it North was him. Mississippi or Alabama. They had a, they had a squirrel tree. You know, there was a bunch of squirrels that year. Right. We had a really good cast and Max looked right. really, really good. Um, yeah, tough. I figured he was going to be tough to beat that weekend just because he was, he was on his game. Um, right. So at this point, Doc is what three years old, three and a half. Well, in nineteen, he'd have been yeah. So you've got two reserve titles at this point, right? And you just you you you're right there on both casts. So you you <laughs> right. you hook line and sinker. You oh, ready to sure. run a world hunt, right? I'm I'm real I'm I'm a real competitive person, but uh, you know. In that same sense, if I'm not having excess, I'm not having a lot of fun a lot of times either, you know what I mean? Right. But my dog was doing his job. I could never, like, say, I never could fault my dog to the point of saying, well, I'm not hauling him to another hunt. I'm tired of him costing the hunt. It was me. So I was always like, I just got to learn and uh, get my part done. And as I started learning more about it and as well, 
that's when it all just started kind of coming together. In 19, he really turned it on. He won the reserve world champion. I guess that would have been February that uh, February of 19. See, in 19, he also went on to win his first state title. He won MCA Arkansas State Squirrel Champion Hunt up in Hazen that fall. Placed second in the coon hunt the night before and so he won combo dog as well went on to win you know a few other smaller hunts that year but that was probably at three that was really really started to shine and then i maybe i say that it might have been just me not messing him up so at what point did you start hunting him at night i I never knew you hunted him at night well (laughs) funny thing was at that that was kind of the the i'd never i'm trying to think had i ever even turned him out at the house at night um, when we got to that hunt, of course, being in Hazen, we had to drive up the night before and they were short on, they were short on having enough dogs to get full points in the coon hunt. And so they just asked me, Hey, would you put doc in it? I'm like, and they're like, you don't have to hunt him if you don't want to. You know, I'm like, I don't, and they're like, you don't even have to take him out. We just need to enter him. So we have enough dogs. I'm like, well, if I pay and I'm going to go hunt him. Right. And I ended up winning my cast and it was only two casts. Gary Mitchell with Yeti ended up winning the other cast until he had first, and I got second place. It was on circle tree. Just had a couple circle trees, but it was a full moon night. Beat a bunch of possum MCA. You know, they're not minuses. Just draw a line. They would move on. It's not like this or anything like that. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I by no means did I consider him a coon dog. Still don't coon dog. He's a night champion. And when I say that, you know, I won. The, uh, Doc won. And he won the Mississippi State Hunt at night faithful years ago and had two squirrels on a 90 minute i mean he had two coons on a 90 minute cast i mean he will treat coons for sure but he ain't passing a possum either right know? uh and if if it's a full moon night and squirrels are moving he's probably gonna treat squirrels at night. in my opinion you know a coon dog being coon when you hear them bark you expect to go to them. well and for the most part most of these omcba dogs are, are gamey I mean, right, they're gonna, they're gonna tree whatever the first thing they come across that night. Now they do have they do have some straight coon dogs, but they're sure, kind of few and far some. between. Right. Brad Goodman had uh, Jagger. I never saw Jagger tree a possum. He ne- I, I guess there's no way to know for sure on a squirrel, but he was a, a legit coon dog. You know, when I say coon, you know, he was possum broke and everything. I've never I never tried. I've at that point I started hunting dogs some around the house just because it's fun, but. If he treated a possum, there was no correction. It was simply no, and I would just leash him up, walk him off. I would die for him. So much to the extent I've took kids coon hunting at night, and the kids just want to shoot something. They've asked, hey, can you coons out? I mean, the, a possum out? Can you treat a possum? I would take Doc and leash him and walk him 100 yards back over the ridge and time and come back in and let the kid, you know, shoot the possum out. Wouldn't let him have one. But I never corrected him treating him because I, you know, that was, it was never really my interest to try to main dog, per se. But I enjoy going, and so when I go to hunt, sometimes I'm for especially some dogs. Like I say, he won them sometimes on circle. He's uh he's had plus points in quite a few as well. So at this point, Doc's kind of turning it on. You, right. You've won some state hunts. You've coon hunted him a little bit. Going into, what would this be, the 2020 season? Yeah, probably the 1920 season. And uh, let's talk about your big win. Well, and, you know, yeah, I'm going to say leading up to that, that whole season is when he really, like I say, the 19 going into He had a lot of success. I don't have them all individually in front of me here. I don't. Um, but some of, I know in 20 he won, he finished second at the Mississippi State Hunt. Um, he finished second at the, uh, and that was that was second place in the OMCA state hunt up in Batesville. And he finished second in the UMCA Arkansas state hunt. 2020, when the world hunt rolled around, my family had already, we had already planned a vacation to be out of town. The world hunt ended up getting 2020. 
past a buddy of mine, you know, Brett Boutwell. He's hunted with me a bunch. He's never, I think he had, he actually, take that back, he had handled Doc one time in the NKC Montrose, and he won the cast, um, that afternoon cast. He plays first handling Doc. And I was there, he just, young and just wanted to handle a dog and didn't have a dog of his own i said you can handle him i'll just go and he won the cast so he had handled him and he'd been with doc quite a few times and i let brett take him to the world hunt up at hazen his brother garrett they both took dogs and brett took doc he ended up finishing fifth in the world hunt that year and like i said that was only the second time he'd ever handled it was fifth at the world hunt and he was the high score dog of the day the morning round i think he had either three or four squirrels. I can't remember. Like I said, I wasn't there, but I know he was the high score dog. He didn't win the high score jackpot because he didn't even enter it. He would have won it if he'd have entered it. He did have the high scoring dog that morning. Later that year, I'm trying to think, I think he finished right. That was the year in 2020. He finished in the top three at six state hunt that I went. Don't know how many of those were first, but I know it was six top three. And that was the year I say that I'm not sure which I'd have to look back at my certificate to find out what year I finally made him a squirrel champion. I can remember asking a couple of people when I would hunt with them. I just would think, and you think he'll ever make the squirrel champion? He'll ever takes a couple wins, so many points, and all that. And at that time, I was doing pretty well, but you know, first places were hard to come by. I, I joke with people about the stack of second place finishes. You know, little hunt receipts that I have I literally probably got 20 second place in three different registries that's how hard it was for me to get that first it's like I just could not break the ice and get that first place and so I would always ask if like I'll ever and they're like yeah you're the champion but at the time I was I really didn't know I was I was the new guy still probably three years into it I still considered myself a new guy compared to the guys that have been doing it for 30 years or their whole life well most people don't understand how hard it is to get that first place win you they go really to a don't. hunt and you hunt three rounds in a day. You've got to put right. together three solid rounds. You have one hiccup and it's going to cost hiccup. you. That's and, it. And the, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, it's a lot of luck involved. It really is. Anybody's, but you need to be on your game. Your dog needs on its game. And then you've got to, there's so many breaks, you know, to make it through three rounds. You just, you don't look your way through three rounds or sometimes four rounds at the beer hunt. That's, that's not luck anymore. You know? No. Not but you've got to you've got to have a dog that's doing enough that if you catch a bad break or something, yourself out or whatever. But yeah, a lot of people don't realize. I try to explain that you know. Besides Brad, I didn't have any. So you know, like if I would take a squirrel hunt and then try to explain to him about these comp hunts, I said, well, a lot of people don't realize. Best example I can give, I said, is when you get there that morning. I said, if there's 27 dogs, you can have a three round hunt. If there's 27 dogs in your first round, it's 90 minutes. I said, 90 minutes later, I said. There's only nine dogs left. I said, you had nine casts. I said, you just went from 27 to nine. I said, that's, I guarantee you there's a lot of good dogs <laughs> that just went home because they just didn't catch a break or, you know, just off with the dogs have an off day. That's something else I had to learn. I was a little while in before I actually had it to happen to me myself. And you drive all the way to a hunt, get your dog out. And he looked great the day before. And I him up in the pen and you get him out that morning. He's not himself. They, I tell him, I tell people, I said, you know, he can't tell me he's got a headache or he's sick or, but you can tell they're not on their game and you done drove hours to a hunt, but you can tell they try, but they're not on their A game anymore, but they can't tell you what's the matter. And they're just like us. You know, we have days we go to work and we ain't feeling. Well, it's even to the point where I've been on cast and uh, I try to hunt a dog that that wants to be independent. You can go to a block of woods and two dogs go to the right and mine go left. And the two that went to the right get into the squirrels. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. and mine went right, and he's out of it. 
Yep. He just and went in a he, pine thicket, and he's going to hunt his butt off, but they don't have squirrels over there. But he don't know right. that. Right. They don't know, and uh, it's something I, you know, talking about those things you learn. That very first hunt I ever went in, uh, that I had a great cast. Like I say, he went four or 500 circle, made all first young dog, never took a minus, independent, all this. The reason, and I say this, Doc is, I saw a different version of Doc when I started taking him to comp hunt. He hunted him here at the house and he's pretty good. He's one of those, when you unsnap him, he doesn't want another dog to outrun him. You know, he wants to be, you know, he, he's competitive. He, you can just tell he's a little more energetic when he's hunting with other dogs. just like he fired up about it too. At that hunt, I learned a lesson that morning. I had not walked him. We got to the hunt. I got him up that morning. Uh, I don't even know if I'd gotten him out of the dog box. He'd park in the parking lot, walk him right over to the woods, unsnap him. Doc didn't go 50 yards. He popped squat. Those dogs probably went 50 yards past Doc, still in sight, and big open, pulled up on the first tree. That tree had a squirrel in it. We never saw another squirrel the rest of the day. That was a lesson I learned. I have not gone to a hunt in the last six years that I did not walk my dog <laughs> before that first cast and use the bathroom because I said that him stopping to go to the bathroom before he got treed cost me that cast. And so I, you know, that's one of the less, that's one of those things. I'll never forget that. It cost me, but it won't cost me another one. It might be something else, but it won't be that mistake. I didn't, didn't know. Right. And, and so, you know, your dog, so your dog's going right. to use the bathroom right for every cat, you know, and most do. Right. Um, right. But yeah, it, it happens. I've seen it. Um, and, and even with a male dog, you go to a hunt, First thing they want to do is first tree they come across, they want to stop and use the bathroom. Right, right. So I can I can definitely see that happening and it uh it's not a very good feeling. No, when you when your dog stops like that right in front of the whole cast and the rest of them went like I say, it wasn't like they blew in there five hundred yards. I mean they literally probably fifty yards past and treed and it was the only squirrel we saw in the whole cast and it was within one minute of cutting the dogs that was the only squirrel we saw the rest of that two-hour cast he made more trees than the other dogs didn't have he didn't have a plus point right and so it cost him help so you you hunt the 2020 world hunts in hazen you don't get to hunt it right that's one brett took him to in one fifth he got fifth in that one so what happens in 2021 2021 that was um i'm trying to think well you know we were going to hunts I'm trying to keep it straight here. Right. I guess the 21-22 season would have been, I'm trying to think, all right, we're talking. He he was still having a lot of success, you know, in the hunt and stuff like that. But at this point, I believe the 2020 season that I was, he had already made champion and might have made, he might have had grand champion. I'm not positive about that at that point. Exactly where you're, like I said, don't have the certificates in front of me. So what I was really wanting to do, and again, still, I'm still only going to be one hunt a month. It's about all I was going. Um, but I was wanting to finish him out in OMC. And the only thing I needed was my first. I think I had, at that point in the end, I had a stack of second. I was chasing the first. So that year, I focused on trying to go to OMCBA hunt. When the only OMCBA hunt we would have in at that time was Terry would usually host the state hunt in Bates. And so I would go to that one. But then there were some in Alabama, Clifton. That's when I first went to Alabama to Clifton Robinson's hunts. And I didn't get first there. I think I got a second. I ended up winning a first in Georgia uh, over the hunt that Mike Dooley hosted. That was when I got my first in the OMB. But that, that year, like I say, again, I only go to five or six hunts. Probably went to three or four just OMCBA chasing a first. And when I told a lot of people, I said, it really stinks when your whole goal for this, and of course you go and you have a good time, but my goal for this is to champion him in OMCBA. 
So literally, you got the points, and you're chasing the first. You get a second because it's like, I mean, used to be a second. You're happy about that, but anything less. It's not really, I guess, if you're trying to be goal-oriented and that's all you're focused on, just trying to win that first, and you're being let down every time you come up short, just winning second. But I did finish it up, and I did champion in OMCBA that year. Uh, and along the way, I did a couple of the local MCA hunts and stuff like that as well. Be good. Uh, I don't have them all listed out individually. In the process of all that, I was doing pretty well. Then the next year that I won the UCA World Hunt, or not UCA World Hunt, at the end of the season, right there in February. And, of course, I mean, I imagine anybody that ever decides to do a comp hunt always has a goal of winning a uh, a world hunt. I mean, that's I guess that's like high as it gets. Every association has one, and everybody wants one, and don't really care, you know, where it comes from. Just to be able to say you hung a world title on one. Uh, so that was really, I guess, the benchmark, you know, I've done it. You know, I don't think I ever enjoyed a win more than that one, of course. And that was a three-round hunt. No, that was a four-round hunt. I four rounds one day, one day. And that was in and, Hazen uh, also? And that was in Hazen also. Um, the morning hunt, I can remember who I drew. Second round, the last hunt, uh, I, I drew some good dogs all day long you know i was catching breaks the conditions were not good i can remember when i i we stayed in the hotel we showed up the next morning i had already registered and when i pulled up that parking lot was so packed and when i walked in and i saw some of the faces and the people you know i'm still like you know that's the man that's the man you know and i don't necessarily you know how it is you may not know when you see a person what he's hauling but you know he ain't hauling junk Correct. You know, he's not coming to a hunt without a dog he thinks he can win that hunt with. And so I really, you know, I, I was telling guys, I was like, this is going to be a tough one to win, you know. And as we're going our way all day long, um, the second round of the hunt, it was a two-dog cast, and I drew from Oklahoma. I hate that I lose track of some of these people's names. And uh, I think the dog was Skillet Soldier. And uh, anyway, really nice dog. That dog ended up winning combo dog. But I got past him. I knew he was tough. I never hunted again. I knew he was tough. So when I got past him, that was the next one. Who did I draw? I got Grace again. You know, I mean, I'd been there with Grace again. But we're on the third round. We're in the third round now, and this is middle of the afternoon. And that was a tough hunt. Squirrels weren't moving. We weren't seeing. Neither dog was really looking themselves, but also I think they were showing the third round just mid-afternoon. Right at the end of the hunt, Grace ended up getting, like, really deep. Like, time expired trying to walk to her. I had it. If she, if she had a squirrel, she had it. If she didn't have a squirrel, I had it. We walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we finally got to it. And had there not been another little road, we had walked so far from where we parked toward another road that they ended up calling Gary Mitchell to come around and park. We ended up just walking on through the block. He let me hop in with him, and he ran me and Doc to the clubhouse. Or else, we would have never made it back by a deadline had we had to walk back to our own vehicles and drive back. We'd have missed deadline, and it would have been over. So that worked out. I mean, that's one of those breaks that had there not been a road there, had there not been somebody for us to call to pull around there to let me just hop in. And it was funny that on the way back to the clubhouse there in Hazen, Gary told me, it's about enough of these reserve world titles. <laughs> it's time for you to win one. It was, you know, kind of funny. I was like, well, I'm going to try. You know, When I got back with Doc after, you know, he already looked tired in that third round. When I got back, the other cast winner was already back. Dog was sitting in the dog box. I walked in, dropped the car, and they're like, we're just going to walk right out here out the back door. 
turn them loose behind the clubhouse, right? So Doc didn't have 10 minutes to rest before we had to go make another hour round. And the wind had done started picking up in the rain. And it was, there was a play-by-play, Dexter's play-by-play on that. I probably see it. But it was a pretty slow circle tree festival, basically. Not making a lot of trees, really. The lead actually went back and forth. We ended up tied at the end of the time. And I told him, I said, look, I'm not flipping a quarter over a world hunt. So what we, at the end of the hunt time, we gathered the dogs, walked them, tried to get them on some fresh ground and cut them loose. Doc went really quick and it sounded good. So, I mean, I called him right off the bat and he ended up having a squirrel and that was the only squirrel we saw on there. Who? It was almost so dark that it was uh, it was almost so dark. That you- Who was the final cast? Who did you hunt against on that final cast? It was Teardrop. Um, James Wilbanks with Teardrop. Another dog that does a lot of winning in UMCA. Yeah, right. She's done a lot and she's a nice coon dog as well. Yep. She made it to, but caught a break in the finals like i say when we moved them on the fresh ground and doc blew in there quick I, of course you know in in overtime it's sudden death so as soon as i called him basically the wind's mine the way sudden death and umca works when i called him it's mine unless he if right. he stays the two it's mine if he leaves the other dog wins just that simple so it was really cool to walk in there and then you know, the two's up and they're like handle your dog and as i'm walking in the squirrel runs up the tree and they're like plus him up it's that really as if it wasn't already special enough to, to actually have a squirrel after having a really slow couple casts to do it with plus point, you know, really made it a lot better. So that's probably your biggest win with oh, Doc. Oh, for sure. Yep. For sure. Um, that was, you know, like I say, you know, it's you, you always, I always hauled him every year. A year old, I was hauling him to the world hunts. I didn't, I'm not going to say I never thought I had a chance of winning it because I already had two seconds. To actually win it, you know, was nice. And so one of the, the only other things after that season going in the next that I really had my mindset on that I had thought about in previous seasons was, you know, dog of the year. Yeah. Um, the problem that I had is to win dog of the year, anybody that doesn't really know how that works, you know, it's the dog that accumulates the most points for all events over the course of an entire season. You really need to be at every single hunt that association host and put your dog in every single event, you know, that they have to try to, I mean, that just is your odds. If you miss many hunts, of course, you're getting zero points. But because in previous seasons, I don't go to a whole lot of hunts. And then those hunts were spread between mostly UMCA and OMCBA, a couple of NKC hunts along the way. And then maybe I've been to, I've been to two or three NSD hunts. But so, I mean, it's scattered out mostly over three associations for kind of that I was never focusing on association. So that following year, and I guess the 21-22, my goal going into that dog of the year, I was like, uh, go to every hunt. There really wasn't any person so much that was probably at Teardrop and James had won dog of the year crow. He pretty much only hunts UCA. And he travels some, but he may not travel to all of them. He probably makes the majority of them. But I said, I feel like I had a good chance if I go to all the hunts of pulling this off. Hadn't been anybody else that was at every single hunt. So going into that season, I felt confident success I was having today that I could win dog of the year. Well, somebody else had plans to make that a little more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And that's when Clifton Robinson decided he wanted to do the same thing. And we had a blast. We really did the whole season. He was literally at every single hunt. He was putting in every single event. And he had me. He had the lead on me for the first probably half of the year back and forth, back and forth. And we, I didn't really know Clifton that well, but we got to be some pretty good friends, you know, over the course of the season, just giving each other a hard time. I'd message him, you going to be at the hunt this weekend? No, I believe I'll be at the Alabama. You pull up in his trucks in the parking lot. He wouldn't let it go. 
that fellow hunts so hard that he might be a night hunt to dine and at a squirrel hunt the next morning in the state. And that's just how he'll do. If he wants it, he'll go after it. And so, like I say, we were tit for tat all the way going up to world hunts and world hunts. I had it pretty locked in by the world hunt. He never, it was never far enough apart that I could ever see and felt like I. And one of the things that really, um, you club hosted a sea. And I went up there and Doc won. He won the coon hunt the night before. He won the squirrel hunt that Saturday, and he won combo dog. So for anybody that doesn't really know how the points works, I think that's it's five for each first and five for combo. So that's 15 points you pull away from a single hunt. It's hard. To, you can't top that. Anymore. But that really, really helps. That was really the one that I think kind of pushed me ahead. And, but accomplishing dog of the year, that was, that was kind of when I decided I'd kind of done what I had in mind for Doc. I mean, he still wasn't that old, and he still looked as good as he ever did. But I felt like, all right, it's time to find another dog. I got a puppy off of him at the time, and he wasn't ready, you know, the next, by this past season or whatever. Uh, I don't consider Doc, I consider him semi-retired. He'd still go, and I believe he can still compete. But I just said, I'm not going to, he'll be seven next month. Some days he looks as good as he's ever looked. But I just said, I'm not going to push him as hard as I used to push him, you know, till he can't go no more. And my son got into junior high. And so he's got even more stuff going on. And so I've just been less comp hunt this past season. I only actually went to the world hunt in Hazen. It's the only comp hunt. I squirrel hunted a lot, killed a lot of squirrels. Honest to goodness, I probably enjoy taking and going and killing a bunch of squirrels more than I did the comp hunt. I enjoy them both. Well, at, at this point, Doc is a world champion. He's one right. uh, dog of the year. And he's got two reserve titles. Right. There's not much more that he's got to prove, yeah. he, uh, uh, especially he's in the UMCA. I mean, he right. won as much yeah, as anything. Well, yeah. I mean, he he is the only. Uh, we actually passed at the spring hunt of, I want to guess that might have been 21. We passed a at our business meeting at the spring hunt. We passed a ruling half champion grand champion we added supreme grand champion. supreme grand champion would be it's just like champion takes two first x number of points grand you, know, you go back to zero then grand takes the same thing supreme go back to zero same thing well i won first at the world hunt but I, he was already grand champion um at the world hunt he won that first so that was a first but there was no title past grand champion then at the spring hunt we passed to make Supreme Grand. Well, he won the Spring Hunt. So the day that we made a Supreme Grand Squirrel Champion title exists, Doc won. It was the first ever Supreme Grand Squirrel Champion as well. I think that gave him nine first in squirrel hunts. He's got a total of 19 first, but those are spread out over NKCCA. Some of those, a few of those are nights, even not all squirrel. But yeah, he's got 12 state and world titles and 10 champions. Like, and that's bench, tree, and squirrel night and three different associations so he's racked up a, a pretty good resume yeah I mean, for being for, your first dog <laughs> my first dog and yeah. not knowing a whole lot about it knowing about it and a lot of people have made the statement and they're probably not wrong i had my first dog was my dog of a lifetime likely. and i can't complain if he is if he ends up being the best dog ever. it's a lot of people that won't ever win and i tell people i said there are dogs out there that i will tell you that are probably better than doc that will never win a world title. And it's not because they weren't there. It's because how hard it is to do, even when you're the better dog, the way it, you have to catch breaks to make it through three or four rounds. There's a ton of great dogs out there that won't ever have a world title. Well, you saying that, I had a question earlier, and, and mm-hmm. it's perfect time. All these hunts that you put him in, besides Doc, you can't pick Doc. Right. What is, the to you, the best dog that you've been with against Doc? 
whether you beat them, they beat you. That's a hard question. And, and it could be. There's, there's quite a few. You could tell me. I'll, I'll make it a little easier. The best performance you've seen by a dog or the best dog consistently that you've seen. And you can't pick Doc. Right, right. I understand that. He's probably not. He's definitely not the best dog I've ever seen cut loose. Um, I'm going to tell you a dog that was always that I've seen. Well, it's so hard. I think about one performance, but over and over and over, a dog that has impressed me that I've bragged a lot about. And I have ended up being, I lost to it, a dog that always, she, she don't have, I don't even think she's got a lot of state titles. I know she don't have a world title on her. High speed was as bad a thing as you wanted to follow. At 12 years old, she would walk you to death. She treed you just about to get a squirrel under, and she had a squirrel in the tree. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, very, she, very. She had several owners, you know, and then the Kennedys ended up with her. I've hunted under several different owners. She was just always impressive. Um, I've seen her have the only squirrel of a cast and win it. I've seen her make three or four trees in a cast and every one of them, every tree be 600 yards and every tree have a squirrel in it. Never heard of her leaving a tree. The times that I've seen her not win was because she was trying too hard when squirrels weren't moving. You just ended up having to get your truck and go find her. It was bad. If you could have, if I owned her, I needed to pump the brakes on a lot of dogs. She was tough. Well, she was always impressive to me for a dog her age to act like she's four and she's 12. I don't know if people didn't try to pump the brakes on her. I mean, she just, <laughs> she had that much heart and that much go. I've been with her several times when Rylan was hunting her. Right. Um, I've been beat by her. I've been embarrassed yeah. by her. Yeah. I've beat her. But right. one thing you can say, when you unsnapped her, she was going hunting. She was going hunting. He actually told me that. Because I said something to him, like, dude, has she been hunting? Literally, like, three or four trees in a row on that cast at the state hunt. I ended up third at the, in the finals. She won it. I think every one of her trees was, like, 610 yards and 20 yards. They were all just over six. I swear, I think every tree was a little over 600 yards. I asked him, is she not hunting till she hit 600 yards? He's like, well, she's doing better now because we shot her a few squirrels out. At the beginning of the season, that shot anything, you know, a thousand yards every time she was tree. We shoot her a few squirrels and kind of brought her in a little bit. And I'm like, it's too much dog for me. But I like the squirrel as well. I pleasure hunt all the time. And I know some guys, you know, talk about how, well, if I shoot a lot of squirrels out to my dog, be happy, whatever. It doesn't seem to bother Doc. You just have to. I like to shoot. So when I'm hunting him, I don't always shoot every squirrel he treats as far as that goes, especially around the house because the squirrels are going to hunt. But when it could be at a comp hunt this weekend and a comp hunt in two weeks, if somebody calls me this week says, hey, you want to go kill squirrels? You want to go squirrel hunting somewhere? I'm shooting every squirrel. I see. You know, if it messes him up, it, when we're squirrel hunting, we're squirrel hunting. And it, But it never has seemed to bother him. Uh, this past year, I um, had the best hunt I ever had. With. Previously, I'd killed 22 with one morning in just one drop, made one big loop on public land. And by the time we got back to the truck, I'd kept morning. This past year, I got to go on a couple pieces of private land. We made a round that morning, and I believe we killed 33 that morning, laid off for a few hours at lunch and rested, and went back that afternoon. Called ourselves finishing out our in a six-man length of 48. We ended up having a few more in the vest than we thought we did. We ended up killing 50 to just dock, probably about six hours, and that was pretty action-packed. So when I say I kill every squirrel who trees, when we go meat hunting, we kill every squirrel who trees. Well, 50 something in one day is a pretty good day. With one dog, yeah. Right. I mean, I've seen some big tailgates, but it's not usually a single dog that does it. And yes, there were a couple of doubles in there, but it was more sense than doubles. Like doubles still. Yeah, that was, I don't, I don't expect to ever top that. Right. Well, uh, a couple more things we had 
before we wrap this thing up what uh what y'all's plans with doc now what do you are you breeding him or well i hadn't bred him much this year um it honestly seems like if you're not hauling him to a hunt and putting him on a podium it seems like people kind of move on to whoever's winning this week you know a lot of people told me it's just whatever's the flavor of the week kind of thing uh, right breeding him a little bit like i say i got a pup off of him now and i haven't pushed him anything like i did doc he's a nice dog um cut him loose he's gonna go get his stays uh he I, he would I don't believe he would make the comp dog Doc does. You can go kill squirrel. You'll go kill squirrel. A pile of squirrels. With as far as that goes, a lot of a lot of people don't realize really the difference. You know, he doesn't give a lot of mouth. It's really odd because Doc on about the hardest training dog you know, I ever been around. Uh, but this dog, the two would probably catch him occasionally and stuff like that. But he's a nice dog. Head full of sense, just like Doc. He's a pleasure to fool. He's got a good handle and he hunts good. He's fast. Probably more high energy than doc is he's actually off um cross with uh, michael dixon he calls her dd but it was dumb dumb you know what everybody else probably knows her as yep so i knew how nice she was yeah i was gonna say she's she's not a slouch by no means no by no means she was always really tough what little bit he was compound and she always did good that's why i knew when he michael called me about it i was like want a puppy that puppy i got off of dumb dumb caller and doc and i like him I just called him. Well, I didn't ever even call him any. I started calling him Junior. So for the next upcoming year, are you going to hunt him a little bit or just? I don't know. I, if I go to hunts, I'll probably still haul Doc. Because like I say, guarantee if I just want to go out there and tune on Doc the way you know he needs, he still, he he hasn't appeared, in my opinion, to slow down. He shouldn't. I take good care of him, you know, vet, good stuff like that. And, and even in the off season, I, I let him get treated. He don't go a week. He don't, even if it's just a tree, I feel bad. It's like he's going to go crazy if he don't get out. So a lot of times I'll go out there and just open his pen. Like I said, we got enough land here. About as far as he get in a block, of, it's around six yards worth of mile and so some days i'll just go out there and up the latch up, open the door and just head and he burns in the grass up across the yard and i'll go in there and clean out some feed in his bowl and piddle in the yard till he's treating and i'll just walk in there and leash him walking back to the house because i can't stand to just let him go crazy and not getting out so he stays in shape you know he's never too far out of shape i think if i wanted to push him in the hunts this you know again this year i could but like i say with my son he's in he plays junior high football he's in high school band so every friday night i'm on a football or every thursday and friday night i'm on a football field right. and there's a lot of the hunts that are too far away for me to try to get up on saturday mornings and drive to some of them i could but when you get in from a football game and away football game at 10 11 o'clock at night i'm not getting up at three and four in the morning to drive to a squirrel hunt my son will only be around for what, four or five more years, and he'll be doing his own thing, and I can get back into it. I reckon by that time, I guess the comp hunts are kind of on the back burner, and we've more or less spent this past season killing squirrels. I understand that. Uh, you know, life happens, and oh, I, yeah. I know exactly how it is. I got twin four-year-olds, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yes, it is. Right now, they, they are uh, still excited about going hunting and stuff and every chance we right. get we'll go behind the house or right. go piddle with I, the dogs i can remember when mine was that little and i couldn't wait to be big enough to start taking hunting like really because like you say you can go behind the house but i can't can't take a four-year-old to the delta for the day no. you know? and mine's old enough to do that now and he hadn't shown any interest because i always told him if you ever want a dog you want a comp hunt we'll get you a puppy you know but if he hasn't shown interest he does so much schools he hadn't shown interest and i don't know that he would have time to to uh to really work one and that's something we really hadn't touched on and i know the majority of the leaders program probably are competent well comp hunters, squirrel hunters in general but a person that doesn't do it doesn't 
I don't think they understand time it takes to, to keep a dog, you know, competitive for comp hunting. It takes a lot of time. I don't care how great the dog is. It's all the little stuff. You know, it just takes, I tell, I joke all the time. I said, if you ain't in, if you don't hunt your dog enough to be in trouble with another, you probably ain't. You are a hundred percent correct, especially for these, you know, people who are <laughs> yeah. not fortunate enough to be retired or, right. uh, you know, own their own or business or something. You got to work. Well, or they don't have a, I, I say this all the time, I can hunt at my house. You know, I have access to several hundred acres right around the house. I couldn't imagine that I had to load a dog up and drive a half hour in some public land every time I want. I probably wouldn't own a sort of dog. So to those people have to do that, you know, that's, they really want it. Well, and that's one of the issues we kind of run into in Louisiana is the, we don't have the option of public land till oh, really? mid-January. Uh, you know, so I have to drive to Mississippi. I have a couple of private places, but you know, right. the deer hunters, uh, they want to deer hunt. So right. it gotta, always gets priority too. It definitely hunters. gets priority around here. So it's a, yeah. it's an uphill battle, um, especially in November and December. Right. Um, so it, uh, it makes it tough, but we have other things we do. We, we treadmill them and if it's warm, oh, yeah. we have yeah. a place to swim them and do different things to keep them in shape but yeah it's uh it's definitely a luxury to be able to have private land right there and and be able to go well man we've been doing this for an hour and 20 minutes uh (laughs) is there anything that i i hadn't asked you or that that you wanted to touch on uh before we get off of here not that i can really think of you enjoyed it thought we'd have trouble filling up an hour oh man (laughs) no when you get to talking dogs and stuff man it it seems like it goes by pretty quick uh well, we appreciate listening to you and, and hearing the, a compliment to Doc, uh, what he's done, you know, over his career. And hopefully uh, we'll see see you at the hunt with him or, or something off of him. Yeah, uh, so. Well, man, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, right, man. we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, uh, I'll text you and let you know a couple of days before it comes out and maybe you can get a listen to it. All right, man. I'm glad y'all asked. All right, man. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye.